You're listening to the Real Estate Insider Podcast. A bold look at reality, news, analysis, strategies, and opinions. Direct from the veteran team at the Rain Research Institute. With today's host, real estate strategist, Russell Westcott. Welcome once again, Monday Morning Mastery students. It's hard to believe it's been one month since we started this Monday Morning Motivator. The insights that we've uncovered in the past month have been staggering so far, and we've only just begun. I'm Russell Westcott from the Real Estate Investment Network, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome the Chief Architect of the RAIN Mastery Program, Mr. Richard Dolan. Welcome, Richard. Good morning. Good morning, Russell, and good morning to each and every one of you, our fellow RAIN partners. I remind you that uh, we've been having a real great time with these calls. I'm sure Russ would echo the same sentiment Uh, If you were to unmute himself, you know, over the past few weeks and since the launch of Rain Mastery, which really, as we all have now come to learn and know, is real estate leadership. I want to remind everybody on this phone call that we've got hundreds uh, on this particular conference call and even hundreds more online, live, listening in on Skype from all corners of this particular country and around the world, in fact, that the idea around real estate leadership is really about two things. It's about knowing what you know about real estate, but also being in action with what you know about real estate. And that's that's really the foundation to what RAIN Mastery stands for. So it's not some frivolous, some real laxy-daisy, happy-think program where we're teaching people how to smile and be brighter about why they're in real estate and why that should make them happy. This is, this is not what it's about. This, is, this has been about really marinating you into some real, living, leadership, self-leading technologies that's going to have you be your best. And a lot of you have written me and asked, you know, well, what's the basis of a bunch of the Rain Mastery and where is it coming from and what's inspired you to write it? And I've got to tell you, it's just really around one word, performance. Performance is the key word to the DNA of what makes Rain Mastery work. Your performance. Now, of course, what does performance mean? Well, performance can mean anything to you as a father, a mother, uh, a leader in your in community, whether it's in business or working for someone or even with your real estate investment portfolio. The reality is that it's all about performance. And in all the research areas over the past two decades that I've been both a student and an admirer of around behavioral finance, happiness economics, positive psychology, and just to name a few, I've emerged uh, from that uh, as a person who I can appreciate is just ruthlessly responsible for where I am and where I am not. Now, as these calls often go, I often share with you a theme of the call. And for the newcomers, we welcome you. For those who've been here for many weeks, we welcome you back. And we've had themes of sorts kind of emerge from them. And a lot of them are coming from great conversations and great coaching programs that have been a part of and have been shared with me. And this particular one was shared with me by a former Navy SEAL commander, uh, Jack Schropp. And and Jack is a dear friend. Uh, He was an incredible mentor, a wonderful man, and uh, was really known well for his just no BS coaching. I remember I would have Sunday mornings with Jack, and it was always a weekly call where I'd call and say, sir, I'm, uh, I'm here for the call. And he says, well, what would you like coaching on today? And it was always a tough question to answer because I didn't know what I wanted coaching in. I was young and uh, egotistical and very, very self-absorbed and couldn't really quite clearly get that question until I got older and realized the, uh, an appreciation for uh, such a powerful human being being on the other, on the, on the other end of the line saying, hey, what is it that you need from me today? 
And I remember one around being disciplined. So if you're making note and these go into your journal of sorts, and this is the time you'd want to make note. Being disciplined was a conversation I was very reluctant to learn about. And, and discipline is a very strong conversation, especially for real estate leaders, real estate investors, and real estate investment business owners. And it's about willing to be as you have never been before. And oftentimes when I do presentations, a lot of people don't realize that I really do go into those presentations with that phraseology front and center in my mind, willing to be as you have never been before, you know, doing a talk as if it were to be my first and last and only, or the one that I know that everyone will have to remember me by because I will never do one again. And often I, I do deliver those talks that way, whether they're lectures, uh, keynotes, uh, half-day programs or full-day programs. I give it 1,000% willing to be as I've never been before. Now, as odd as this may sound, you know, reading a book, attending a workshop, even the monthly meetings, those alone will make little difference for you in your life. You know, reading or participating or uh, engaging in programs might be a starting point to recreate your life as extraordinary. But workshops and, and meetings, even books, are an escape, just like a game of golf or a fine cigar or a delicious glass of wine or even a great workout. You know, books in particular provide people with the hope that their lives might be different. You know, reading a book or even going to a workshop on how to play golf or on how to discern the subtle qualities of a Cabernet from a Merlot, you know, will give you information. But you see, information alone rarely makes a difference. It can have an impact, but you as the participant or the reader, not the author, and usually when the timing is right, uh, determines this. You know, says Jack would remind me, you know, back in his Navy SEAL training days, he'd say, you know, there was never a book that, that you got to read on how to be a SEAL. You know, there's no real book on how to be a real estate leader. You know, as SEALs, they learn through practice and experience failing over and over and over again. And that's easier said than done. But it will take courage for you to put these evolutions, if it were, into practice. And so to do this, you'll have to be uh, what we would call an operator. And that is one of the secrets of a Navy SEAL Jack would share with me. So for now, I suffice to say, uh, to be unbeatable, you must just train yourself to be disciplined. Now, I remember uh, Jack sharing with me a story. He said that when he had entered the, the training program uh, where it was taught to them discipline, they, they find it to be a natural, a natural. We don't wake up in the morning being disciplined. You know, discipline is not, he would tell me, uh, like having blue eyes and brown hair. In other words, it's not genetic. So the question becomes, what is discipline? Well, it is you willing to have an attitude to being highly trainable in whatever you choose to do. The key word here is trainable. You know, Navy SEALs, for example, are trained to be highly trainable volunteers. So in their program, they choose of their own free will to be trained by their teammates and the SEAL instructors, even though they have no idea what's going to happen in the upcoming six months. In other words, they willingly choose to be open to everything and anything others are offering and view this information not as advice or criticism, but as a genuine contribution toward they're being a leader or they're being a SEAL or they're being a person who's going to produce success. So when others offer you advice, even unsolicited advice, how do you interpret it? Well, I remember a story and I have it written here, so I want to share it with you. Jack had said to me that in the beginning of his training, most of them resisted listening effectively and taking directions from the instructors. 
He said, our rebellion was rarely verbalized because we were not stupid. Our resistance showed up as uh, going through the motions on certain activities, being checked out, so to speak. Some trainees like to over-dramatize their aches and pains, like, oh, my back hurts and all oh, my knees hurt, <laughs> unless it was uh, an activity in which they were proficient in. When the class dragged butt, the instructors had to do us a simple activity over and over and over again. He said that they were being trained to have a highly trainable attitude. So in the training, they rarely rode anywhere. They ran. One time, he said, however, for training in a hydrographic reconnaissance, we, he says, we rode on a large 6 by 6 army truck from our barracks to the beach. We carried our survey equipment, which is like the steel poles attached to plywood squares, reels, and with lines, etc. Well, plus personal swim gear. The load was awkward and cumbersome to carry and take off the truck. The first few times we did the exercise, he said, the instructors disliked our, our tardiness and disorganization. We took our time in carefully removing the equipment, but as a result, the instructors had us do an evolution called on the truck, off the truck. This consisted of everyone repeatedly getting on the truck and off the truck, on the truck and off the truck, on the truck and off the truck. And I'm talking like with all the equipment at the instructor's command and at a rapid pace and as fast as possible over and over and over again. It looked like a mass confusion and seemed purposeless to us at the time he had said to me. Now, it looks like it was a scene from the movie Cool Hand Luke starring Paul Newman as Luke captured the essence of the idea where in one scene, Luke was ordered by one guard to dig a hole, and after hours of work was told to, to by another outraged guard to fill the hole over and over again. Well, the next time they rode the truck onto the beach, our class conspired to get off the truck before the order. Off the truck was called out. We also pre-assigned the duties for each man ahead of time. We were ready. And when the instructor yelled, off the, we exploded out of the vehicle like a demolition charge had been placed under the bus. The trainees yelled, yoo it was pandemonium. They were off that truck with gear in hand and down to the beach in three seconds. The instructors ordered us to stop and to get back into formation. And one of the instructors, Tom Blaze, uh, walked up to uh, Jack and up and down in front of the formation, lavishing praise on us that we had never before heard during our training. We went on and about how much spirit we had demonstrated. He said, I've never seen a class with so much enthusiasm. In finishing, he said to the second instructor standing on back, Bernie, is there anything you'd like to say to these men? And instructor Bernie Waddle said, why, yes, Tom, there is something I'd like to say. There's something I would like to say right now, class. I'd like to say something. And Waddle will always repeat the thing three times each year. And, and what I'd like to say is this, you all stink. That stunk. And that was disgusting. That was the most disgusting display of all my time. It was really disgusting and stunk. So Waddle went on like this for five minutes, and Jack had shared me. He personally thought that this rant was a fu as funny as hell, but as unsure as to the other guys were thinking, instructor Tom Blaze finished by saying, well, gentlemen, since we have a disagreement, I'll have to go with Bernie's assessment, so you're all going to have to go for a run. <laughs> we were ordered to run, he said, in the soft sand until the end of the day, and over time and with much repetition, adversity, and pain, these guys learned to listen as though they had antenna implanted in their ears. Jack said they quickly learned the meaning of discipline. In other words, we becoming highly trainable volunteers. Now, Navy SEALs, for those who don't know, or due to their extensive training in this program, choose to listen to the instructors as mentors and choose to possess an attitude to be highly trainable. They would never think of Frank Sinatra's song, My Way, as their SEAL anthem. Feel confront, confronted by this thought? You know, I have a lot of people who will write me and say, hey, that was a little ignorant. But you see, do you feel confronted by the idea of someone like perhaps your romantic partner or your boss or your mentor or anyone being your mentor? Or like, are you confronted by the idea of doing things someone else's way rather than your own? 
if you've been doing things your way in one area of your life, such as in owning your business uh, and you are highly successful, then there's no need to alter what is already working for you in that area. But remember, the more successful you are, the greater your justification to hold on to your limited point of view. So often our greatest attribute in one area of your life can be our biggest curse in another. So if you are successful in business, for example, you know, how successful are you in other areas of your life, such as with your romantic relationship or your father or your mother or with your partner? Everyone has areas in their lives that simply do not work. And you might want to consider giving up the idea of doing things your way in these areas in these less than satisfying ways. So you've got to be trainable. And it's something I've learned even to this day. There's areas in my life that I'm just simply not trainable in that you've got to be trained in being trainable. So if you were to take on perhaps your family members or your teammates or your life partners, and if you were to have a headstrong attitude and it has been interfering with or has thwarted your relationship with them, well, in the game called uh, Navy SEAL training, the trainees know that doing things their way would guarantee one thing, mediocre results. Being highly trainable to give up the notion that everything, and I mean everything, has to go your way. But it's not what you do. It is an attitude you choose to possess. So if you resist this idea and insist on doing things your way, even in the areas of your life that don't work, D, be aware that you will continue to experience predictable reactions and few, if any, results. So if you keep in mind that you are merely acting like a gerbil on a wheel, you can find joy knowing that you are going nowhere. But furthermore, if you are someone who prides yourself in doing things your way, I also ask you to think about this. Your way is nothing more than the combined contributions of many people in the form of your DNA, your language, your cultural background, your environment, your family, religion, your childhood that unconsciously shape the choices and decisions you make on your own. So thinking that you have been doing it your way ignores the contributions many others have generously and graciously made to you. Believing you are the solely responsible for your successes is arrogant and delusional. Thinking that you are the only true rebel in ordinary? Eh, unbelievable. This is ordinary. Everyone thinks they are some sort of rebel. Just consider it funky. You know, Oliver Goldsmith once wrote, once wrote that people seldom improve when they have no other model but themselves to copy after. So as Jack would kind of seal off, he'd say, you know, seals are among uh, one of many extraordinary groups of individuals who are trainable in ways that others have tested and proved workable. Other groups that similarly take on training include top-ranked athletes, musicians, teachers, even medical professionals. I want you to write this down. The most successful people in the world are the most trainable. The most successful people in the world are the most trainable. So consider upon finishing perhaps the workshops, the Rain Mastery Program, consider in completing this particular phone call, consider taking on a new level of discipline by finding yourself a mentor or a coach. Choose someone you trust to hold you accountable to your commitments. This must be someone who has the courage to talk straight and keep you aligned with your commitment. Like for those who are my buddy and for all of you on this call who understands having a buddy and its importance, the importance of a buddy is to have you have them hold you accountable to certain results, whether it's just showing up to the class on time or getting the homework done by a certain date. You see, a purely sympathetic mentor is no mentor at all. A powerful mentor, though, keeps you accountable despite your reasoning. 
a great mentor is committed to your greatness and calls you into action. And you might want to find yourself a new mentor who will hold you accountable to fulfilling the evolutions in the program called Rain Mastery. So as Tom Landry once said, this is a former Dallas Cowboy coach, he once said, a coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear and has you see what you don't want to see so you can be who you have always known you can be. So obtaining a mentor or coach is one way you commit to being unbeatable, is being trainable in a specific area of your life, such as a business or in relationships or in a relationship to your family. You see, many think that obtaining a mentor or coach is enough, but it isn't. It's about one part of the question. The other part, the most important part, is in you committing to be disciplined or trainable. You know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, for example, alcoholics take on a sponsor who acts like a coach, per se, supporting them to keep their promise to stay sober. And, you know, AA has an incredibly high success rate. Why? Because there's a personal accountability. So you've got to be trainable, and it means to get out of your own way, getting outside your rock-hard points of view. It is to possess the willingness for others to contribute to you and allowing them to do so. I'm not sure, I've got to tell you this one more time, I am sure that you've participated in someone else's success without having had the formal title of mentor or coach. And if so, when you can relate to the satisfaction a mentor experiences when another achieves their goals. But I've heard people pride themselves on doing it alone. I, I, you know, nature dictates that two people create life. It also takes at least two people to recreate one person as extraordinary. Just ask Dr. Phil. You know, he may be a hell of a therapist, but he looks great on TV, but because there's a wife behind him, great taste in clothes. He's often said, I can't dress. My wife dresses me. He has a production manager. He has a stage scripter. He has people who are around him. He has a team. It takes all these people to serve as mentors for him to produce the show he calls his name. Trainable people trust their mentors. You know, SEALs, for example, back to that great metaphor, possess an unfaltering trust towards their shipmates. Not blind trust. People make mistakes, and therefore so do SEALs. But all unknowingly filter the advice uh, we will or will not accept from others by virtue of our point of view. We often think of our point of view as the truth or the right way. So we refuse to trust another person's point of view and refuse to try doing things their way. But being trainable is accepting all the knowledge your mentor is willing to offer, whether you agree with it or not. So complete trust, and I want you to write this down, complete trust coupled with your straight communication builds excellence. Without it, you are wasting uh, time uh, in obtaining a mentor. And speaking of trust, you may want to look at the depth to which you distrust people in all areas of your life. And that's very important. So obtaining a mentor in an area where you are committed to something is a great idea. And inside the conversation called real estate leadership, I know that your buddy just might be one of those mentors. But a natural mentor, of course, would be Don. Another would be Russell, myself, and others on the RAIN team. You see, at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself the question and to what degree to which you were invested, to your commitment. If you are at a stage such as I'll do my best for as long as I like it, then consider that you are untrainable, at least at this particular time in your life. So until your life is about your commitments, you will be wasting your time in obtaining a mentor. So to be trainable in closing is listening. It's listening powerfully to the details without argument. In essence, you have committed yourself to listen to another person's point of view one you choose of your own free will. Now, you have to notice if you have like self-talk in your head, and although it might be a very hard head, and for a lot of different reasons, perhaps it might be genetic and all, but that self-talk obstructs your listening. People assess and judge everything others say. It is a part of being human. 
So you've got to start to be aware of your constant assessments. Now, along with listening, you've got to be sure to implement the training. Trainable people do their assignments and their homework, and they go beyond what their mentor requests. Remember, it's an attitude. So if your boss suggests or your partner suggests or if your buddy suggests you hone specific skills, you willingly obtain additional training outside that office or outside that environment that is trainability. So, for example, if at Weight Watchers you're asked to exercise for 35 minutes a day, you do it. So what might your life partner look like if you adopted the idea that your partner could be a mentor to you and vice versa? Or what about your significant other? Or what about a brother or a sister? Perhaps someone who's close to you. Being trainable is in going beyond what your partner requests of you. It is an attitude. You see, if your partner suggests that you place the dishes in the dishwasher in a more logical way, you do it, and then look for ways to use your partner's logic in cleaning other areas of the house. This is not done to make the other person happy, but for you to take on having an unbeatable attitude. Same as in business. If you were to give someone advice on how to do something one way, their listening of you is equivalent and equal to the power of your leadership to them and the value they place on your mentorship. If they don't listen, they don't value your mentorship which could also say they don't value mentoring because they don't believe that that area of their life requires workability. The reality here is this. It's not about being pointing out and pointing out what's wrong or what needs to be fixed. It's always being and living in a state of trainability, always listening for what can I do to better, make faster, or make better in the things I'm doing. You know, I once heard a guru from India say that the state of one's closet is the state of one's soul. So you've got to ask yourself, what is the state of your closet? Could you be this trainable? Could you accept your partner in life as a mentor? Chances are that you'd rather have an argument, get upset, blame your partner for whatever is amiss, feel picked on or defeated or resigned or deliberately do the opposite, saying no one else is going to control me. Can you hear the kid's voice in that statement? You've got to keep in mind that your willingness to have a trainable attitude and be trained by your partner will go as long, long, long way in having your partner gladly and willingly meet your needs and requests. Now, as an aside, no one is ever controlling or trying to control you, no matter how many people agree with your truth. But if someone tells you to do something, I mean, like tell you to do something, you either do it or you don't. Either way, your choice is your responsibility. No one can control you. If you think they can or that they have been trying to do this, then consider that you are acting victimized and blaming the other person for your inability to be responsible for your own choice and to be responsible for the state of your own life. So to be trainable means to be fully responsible for your choice, to be trained. You will know when you are free um, or in, uh, 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 being a victim and being victimized when you hear yourself saying things like such as I have to do what he says or I have to do what I've got to get done or I need to do this or they're making me do that those are all statements from a victimized person you see the moment you are willing and fully responsible for your own choice to be trained you will be honing the secret called discipline when around others acknowledge your mentor trainable people honor their mentors as Jack would often remind me, the SEALs, they would often honor their shipmates. You know, during the Oscar Awards, I remember often watching them. Have you ever noticed how the winners always, always acknowledge those who have contributed towards their success? As an aside, if you're in the business and, you, and, and for yourself, when asked for the last time you telephone your clients and thank them for their contribution towards your success, or your tenants for that matter, or your banker or your lender. And I'm not just talking about sending a Christmas card or hosting a client appreciation event. I'm referring to an actual personal phone call to say, hey, 
Thanks. So write this down. To be trainable is in recognizing that victory in any area of life takes a minimum of dynamic duel, of a dynamic duel. You see, trainability or discipline goes beyond, and I mean way beyond, the action of getting trained or being trainable. It is a perspective one has moment by moment throughout life. So you can get to a place in life where everyone in your life is your mentor, even strangers and children. And numerous times I've been stuck in behaving a certain way or doing something that just didn't work. I wasn't aware that things were not working until someone I loved, such as uh, perhaps my son or perhaps someone such as my mother or someone such as perhaps my business partners that said to me directly, it's, you know, not working. It took years of personal training and even having others train me to get me to a place where I am willing to allow others including all those who are around me, to contribute to me. So how often are we really open enough to allow the people who are around us to train us about life? And on that note, I will leave off there. So for your homework this week, what I'd like for you to take on as a bonus is the bonus of look around your life and define for yourself all the people who are offering you mentorship and training. In other words, who are all the contributing factors to your success and your journey? I want you to create an inventory of them. I want you to make a list of them. Now, don't list them in any particular order and not in sequence of their contribution and not even measuring exactly how they've contributed. But I want you to make a list. And if you are really up to it this week, by the end of this week, by Mother's Day, make it your point that for the top three people that you've defined as contributors to your success, people who have consciously or unconsciously, willing or unwillingly, or without knowing or perhaps with absolute clarity, have been mentoring you, training you. And for the top three, thank them. Make a phone call to them and acknowledge them for the contribution they've made in your life and on your journey. And out of that conversation, you would have exercised the very first muscle in realizing discipline, a cornerstone in real estate leadership. So, Russ, there you have it, our Rain Mastery call for the week. Our friends, our partners from coast to coast and around the world have got their work cut out for themselves. This is a big conversation, and I trust that we'll have it again next Monday at the same time. Russ? Wow. Another fantastic message. Performance is a key. Discipline. Be willing to be as you've never been before. Being trainable. Some of the best coaches are the most coachable. And I'll tell you what, that is some powerful homework to do of finding people that have contributed to your success and thank them. Thank you, Richard. And thank, thank you very you. much. Thanks, yes. Russ. And thank you, RAIN members who have participated for your time and your trust and fully engaging in the RAIN Mastery Program. This is your Monday morning motivator brought to you by the RAIN That's Mastery That's a mouthful, program. by the way, my friend. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the next coaching call will be this time, same call numbers, same time. And if you have any questions, please do call the RAIN office at 888 824-7346. This is Russell Westcott from the Real Estate Investment Network signing off. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening and engaging with the Real Estate Insider Podcast, a bold look at reality. Share the reality.